Welcome back to Toby Talk, episode 38. I am your host, Dom, and this week I have a very special guest, Lions Heart board member, Jan Kirchner. Jan Kirchner is the founder of the College Blueprint, and we discuss everything college applications. So if you guys are getting ready to apply for colleges or going through that whole process, you know, if you're in high school, even junior high, this is the episode for you. But before I get to this extremely fun and informative interview, I have a few quick reminders. For all Lionsheart members, please do not forget to log all of your hours by midnight on April 30th. That is next Tuesday, guys. All members need to have all of their hours logged into their accounts through the member portal by this date. Any hours that are added after April 30th will not be counted towards your PVSA and other awards. There are no exceptions. And for all current fifth graders going into sixth grade, next year in 2020. I hope you are ready for next Wednesday. Lions Heart Enrollment will be opening up to all current 5th graders starting on May 1st. So mark your guys' calendars and don't miss out on the opportunity to get started volunteering with Lions Heart on May 1st at 9am Pacific Standard Time. Also guys, do not forget to follow us on social media. Our Twitter and Instagram and Facebook is at Lions Heart Service. And for all of our Lions Heart members, please don't forget to 1. Wear your Lion's Heart t-shirt while volunteering. And two, tag us when posting photos of your volunteer activities on social media. We would love to share the amazing things you are all doing, so please tag us so we can see your post and keep up all the good work you guys are doing. So guys, today I sit down with the founder of the College Blueprint and Lion's Heart board member, Jan Kirchner. She founded the College Blueprint LLC nearly 20 years ago with a vision and mission to assist students with finding the right collegiate fit. With educational consultants in California, Seattle, and Virginia, she and her experienced and well-credentialed team have supported thousands of students in achieving their collegiate dreams. In addition to private college counseling, the College Blueprint also offers test prep, tutoring, and academic coaching. So for you guys out there getting ready for colleges, looking at applications started, taking the PSATs, the SATs, the ACTs, this is a great interview for you to listen to and learn from Jan as she talks about everything college applications. So guys, without further ado, let's get to the interview. Okay, everyone, I am here today with Jan Kirchner, Lions Heart board member. So Jan, if you could please give a little bit of your background and why you chose to get involved with Lions Heart. Sure, sure. Well, I'm certainly pleased to be here and I'm certainly pleased to be affiliated with Lions Heart. Um, I founded the College Blueprint 20 years ago Mm -hmm. to really provide a comprehensive service to families that were looking to do educational planning towards the the goal of attending college. And um, so over the course of 20 years, our practice has grown. We do college planning. We do test prep. We do academic coaching. We work with students that have learning differences as well as those that don't have learning differences. Um, And we do subject tutoring. Um, So we work one-on-one with students, but we also have a number of contracts with school districts and with high schools for our various services. So we've been doing this for a long time, and since we started, it has kind of diversified into a number of different ways. Sounds like it, yeah. Um, But yeah, it's really exciting, and it's a lot of fun, and our entire team just loves working with teenagers. Mm -hmm. So that's one reason why I'm involved with Lionsheart. Um, I believe very strongly in community service. In fact, we, as part of our mission, feel very strongly about providing as much information as possible about higher education Mm -hmm. to parents and students. I know there's a lot of anxiety and stress out there about it. And my personal philosophy is if we can provide more information and educate people about education, 
We can help reduce that anxiety so this becomes a more exciting and fun process. This really should be a fun process. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so we do a lot of community service. We've been involved with a number of community organizations. Mm -hmm. And when Becca and I connected, she came to visit um, our office to talk with our counselors Mm -hmm. about Lionsheart and the opportunities that were there. And we automatically clicked. And um, my counselors were just thrilled to know about Lion's Heart because it just, it really gets to the heart of philanthropy. And uh, the more and more we talked, the more and more we thought there was good synergy there and that I might be able to provide some some information and some support to Lion's Heart members um, and vice versa, that perhaps we could have some of our students get involved with Lion's Heart. So um, I'm thrilled to be involved. Um, I love working with teenagers. I always have. And I love philanthropy. And so here I am. And we are thrilled to have you as well. Thank you. Um, So before you started the college movement 20 years ago, what were you doing before that? Mm. So this is my second career. Okay. My first career was in hospital management. Mm -hmm. I went to Penn State um, um, for my undergraduate degree was in human development, specifically in adolescent development. Mm And then I went to Cornell and got my MBA specifically in healthcare management and uh, worked at Cornell for about a year and a half. And then uh, we moved to the West Coast and um, I started working in hospital management. Mm -hmm. And my last major project was where we literally built a hospital from the ground up. Um, It was a field when we started Mm -hmm. and um, we built the structure, we built the medical staff, we built the organization and it was just an amazing experience. Um, And then after we opened the hospital, I wanted to take a bit of a break Mm -hmm. and started doing a lot of philanthropic work, quite honestly, with um, my children's schools and booster clubs and got involved with the Irvine Public Schools Foundation Mm -hmm. as the board chair. And it was then that I got my passion for helping students plan for education. Mm -hmm. And I went back to UCLA and got my certificate in college planning specifically to open up the College Blueprint. Wonderful. So that's, that's my background. Well, that's wonderful to hear. And we are lucky that you chose this path and came to Lion's Heart mm-hmm. to be with us now. Um, so for you, I guess, founding the College Blueprint, like, are you all over the place or are you guys only based out of Southern California? We are in Southern California. Mm-hmm. We, um, and we have counselors in the San Diego area. Mm-hmm. Irvine is our large presence. Okay. Um, and then we also have a counselor in Northern Virginia, near Washington, D.C. Okay. But we literally work with students all over the country mm-hmm. uh, via Zoom mm-hmm. and virtual counseling. So we have students in Connecticut. We've had students in Nebraska. We have, we've had some in China. Mm-hmm. Uh, we literally okay. can work with students all over the country. Yeah. So. Technology definitely aided yeah. you in Technology that endeavor. Technology helps. Yeah. It does. Over and the past 20 years, I'm sure it's been crazy to see that development. It, it has been. It has been. And the students love it mm-hmm. I mean, because they're so tech savvy, right. much more so than, than I am mm-hmm. or and oftentimes their parents. Yeah. So they're very comfortable with it. All um, these digital natives running around. They know exactly what to do. And so it's super <laughs> easy for them to exactly. log on, you know, do a virtual classroom, something right. like that. So right. for them, right. it's just, oh, you know, right. like turn on television for us. It's the right. same exact thing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's see. Um, for us, for Lionsheart, created a couple of toolkit examples for our Lionsheart members. So I know they're for their inner toolkits right now for all the Lionsheart members listening out there. So we have three toolkit documents for freshmen, sophomores, and juniors. And from those top tips for college planning, what would you say are the most important in there? Okay. Okay, that's this. As I mentioned earlier, this is difficult for me to 
bring this down mm-hmm. to a few key points because I could talk for a long time. I mean, I do a lot of uh, workshops and presentations right. uh, for various organizations on all of this. But number one, the most important thing, I think, just in general, regardless of what grade you're in when you're starting this process, is to think about you. And I think this is where students don't have the time right mm-hmm. now to have that insight or to spend time reflecting on what would really excite them for their future. Because that's what this is all about. It's really about launching your future and trying to figure out what are potential careers, what is my potential life that I want after college. And then from there you figure out, okay, what majors are important. From there you determine which colleges are going to provide me with the best preparation in those majors. And then you begin the process of really looking at colleges to figure out of those colleges that offer strong programs in my major, which ones fit me personally, Mm -hmm. where I'm going to thrive. Because I know if you're happy on that college campus, you're going to work really hard while you're there. You're going to get good grades. You're going to get involved. You're going to be engaged with the student population Mm -hmm. and have a very positive experience. And then be launched for your career or for graduate school, whichever, whatever your next step is after your undergraduate degree. Mm -hmm. So it it really should be a very personal process. It's what's right for your best friend is not necessarily right for you. What's right for your cousin, what's right for your mom and dad might not be the right thing for you. Mm -hmm. So, and that's where parents and students, I strongly encourage you to have those kinds of candid discussions about the future Mm -hmm. and, and where your student is headed. That's a lot where to think they want to go. Yeah. It's a lot to think Especially about. Especially at 15 years old, you know, when you first get that, you know, PSAT announcement, hey, you know, take these <laughs> next month. You're like, oh my gosh, what is this? What's a PSAT? And what yeah. does it mean? What yeah, does exactly. it mean to me? Right? What's, a, what's a merit scholar? What is that? I don't know what that means exactly. Yeah. So all it, these things, it hits you all at once. And you're like, wait, this is going to be quick. I don't know what to do. I'm 15 right. years old. And right. It's crazy to think about. And at 15, you don't have to know mm-hmm. what it is you want to do with your life. And it is per it is perfectly fine to apply to colleges undeclared. Mm-hmm. It's, it's okay. Colleges know that you're growing, developing, you're going to change as you get more experiences or take, take additional courses, that you might find a different passion. Mm-hmm. That's okay. And um, so when, when you apply to college, it, when your time comes um, at the beginning of your senior year, if you don't have a major, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. And you can write in your essays about the various things that do excite you and why, and that you're looking forward to attending that college to figure out what your road is going to be and what your major is going to be. Yeah. So why is it important also for teens to be multifaceted and also for volunteering, which is what we stress here at Lions Heart, being able to get out into your community, find different things to build a passion for, whether, you know, it's helping out the homeless or it's like California, maybe it's sustainability or, you know, helping out at an urban farm or whatever it may be, being able to find different things you're passionate about so that way it will help maybe guide your future. So going into colleges or maybe even beyond into a career path. Exactly, exactly. And that's why community service is just so vitally important, I think, for for a, a teenager's development. Mm-hmm. I think that it helps build that character and the value system. And it also just very personally gives you such such a reward when you're providing a service to someone else that needs that support. Um, it's, it's a very enriching experience, and, and it's a way of helping others. It's a way to potentially explore um, potential areas that you might want to pursue. Mm-hmm. I, I had a student that was 
interested in engineering and robotics, and um, he didn't have a lot of money to pay for a summer program. Mm -hmm. So what he did is he developed a robotics camp mm -hmm. for middle school. And the, or the fees that he got for registration in the camp, mm -hmm. he donated back to the middle school. Wonderful. It was a phenomenal experience for him. The students, the middle school students, loved it. Mm -hmm. The school benefited because they got some additional funds right. that they could use towards their programs. It was a win for everybody. And I just so respected this young man for coming up with his idea. Mm -hmm. And I know it was very rewarding for him. Right. I mean, it's a reward for not just for him, but for everyone else. I mean, doing good helps everyone, it not helps just everyone. yourself. Yeah. So I know like we were talking a lot about the um, mental stressors as well, you know, with the whole college planning and just being a teen nowadays with so many things going on. You've seen all this stuff that's happening, you know, around the world and, you know, it's pulling you every which way and you don't know what to do. But for things like this, you know, I'm sure he had the most rewarding feeling being able to give back to his community and these um, the younger children that he was able to help out and provide this camp for. So with everything going on, what are some of the stressors that you really like to or that you see, I guess, with people applying for colleges and mm -hmm. getting ready for that. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that's a big mm -hmm. that's a big factor and a big issue, especially with kids. It is a big issue, and it's it's of concern to uh, many of us that are in this field mm -hmm. of educational consulting. It is also a big concern to colleges themselves because they're seeing students on campus that, that have mm -hmm. high anxiety levels and depression levels. Mm -hmm. um, so it's something that everybody is very aware of, and we're all trying to address it. But there is a lot of stress on teenagers and um, those that are trying to, to head off to a four-year school. I think that one of the most important things to do is to, is to start early. Mm -hmm. Start early thinking about this and working on it. Because the more you know, the less you're going to be surprised when you hear something. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of myths out there. There are a lot of rumors. And it begins to spin into this ball of hysteria, right. which if you have accurate information, you know what to do when you hear those rumors or what mm -hmm. when you hear those myths. So if you start early educating yourself and visiting college campuses mm -hmm. and spending some time reflecting on what you want to do, getting involved with community service, things of that nature, are those are the things that are going to help you um, take bring this under control so that it's about you. And it's not about what everybody else is doing and all the stories that you're mm -hmm. hearing. It's a very, this should be a very, very personal process. Right. And so what do college officers, admissions officers, look for when they're reviewing applications? Good question. I get asked this question a lot, and understandably so. I think what's behind the question is how, as a parent, how do I advise my teenager on how they should be spending their time? Mm -hmm. What should their focus be? And for a teenager, they're wondering the same thing. Well, does this really matter, what I'm doing? As we've discussed previously, of course, what matters is what is true to who you are. I mean, that really is what matters. Mm -hmm. But if we get into the very specifics of what goes on when... When you filled out your application, you put all this time and energy into it, and it goes in, and the admissions officers are reviewing it, how do they do that? Right. What are they looking for? Mm -hmm. They have their own systems. Every college has its own system on how, on, with rubrics and things of that nature. Right. But if you really took it and boiled it down, there are a couple things that really do stand out. Mm -hmm. And number one, the first most important thing is the GPA. Okay. Your grades. And have you challenged yourself with 
um, as, as many honors or AP classes as you can, as you can handle. Um, and the reason that that becomes the number one most important thing is that it's an indicator of your academic performance over time, over a sustained period. Have you sustained this academic performance from freshman year until your senior year? Mm-hmm. They are looking to see if you're capable of handling the academic rigor on their campus because they want to offer admission to students that can be successful okay. on their campus. So GPA is number one. And a close second are your tests, SATs, ACTs, Mm -hmm. those test scores. But those are indicators of how you performed on a single test day. So so that's the difference. However, standardized tests are, as as stated, they're standardized so that everybody in the country is taking the exact same test, Mm -hmm. uh, which provides college admissions officers a means of comparing students from one state to another, from one high school to another high school, where they may not be familiar with the curriculum of that particular high school, as is reflected in your GPA. Mm-hmm. So thus, the standardized tests uh, become very, can become very important. As an aside, I would mention that there are more and more colleges going test optional. So if you're a student that is fearful of standardized tests, I honestly have never had anybody say they really are excited about taking standardized tests. Right. I mean, it's just not a fun way to spend a Saturday. No. But if you truly feel that standardized tests don't reflect who you are mm-hmm. and that you're not going to be able to perform well and you've tried it, look at the test optional colleges because there are excellent colleges out there now and more and more each year are joining this list of mm-hmm. test optional schools. They may have other things that, they're, that they require in lieu of those standardized tests, such as a graded paper or an additional essay. Mm-hmm. Each college will have its own um, list of things that you have to submit in lieu of those test scores. But it is definitely worth considering if you're, if you're a student that has difficulty with testing. Um, so your test scores. And then the next most important thing is the essay. Mm-hmm. And the essay is, as I said earlier, it reflects what's in your your heart and how you process and what you think and who, who you are, what your character is. Um, and this is where the volunteer service comes into being because that's how we grow and change and mature and develop skills and have learned how to overcome perhaps maybe a fear of public speaking. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're doing volunteer uh, project and you have to get up and speak in front of a group of people. Right. That's a great growth opportunity. And those are things that you can write about in an essay about how you were fearful of this and your knees were shaking the first time you did it. But then as you did it the second and the third time, you gained more confidence. And this is how all of that happened. Those are great stories to share in an essay. Mm -hmm. And they come from the extra activities and from uh, your philanthropic work. That's where the growth occurs. And that reflects your character, which is what they're looking for. After the essay then comes really teacher and counselor recommendations. Mm -hmm. So the colleges are looking to see how were you as a student in your high school? How how did you participate in class? What are you going to bring to our campus? What are you going to bring into our campus classroom? Mm -hmm. So that's how those um, letters of recommendations are viewed. And there are other things that they consider as well, but I'd say those are probably the top four Mm -hmm. uh, most important factors. Okay. I know, I think, with, aside from that, uh, with counselors and stuff, what they're looking for, I know we talked about 
them visiting campuses and being able mm-hmm. to tell, like, this campus is for me and being able to find the right fit for them. Mm-hmm. What should students be looking for if they're maybe not able to go and visit the campus? Like, how can they do it maybe online? Or who should they contact? What should they do? What should they look for to find the right campus? Let's say they have a list of 10 schools that they want to apply for. How will they be able to weed out of those 10, maybe I'm going to apply to five? Mm-hmm. How will they weed out the top five for them that will probably be the best fit personality-wise, academically, and just personally? Mm-hmm. Great question. Great question. Um, this is such a personal process mm-hmm. that you have to you have to know yourself um, as far as determining what you're really looking for in a college, and where is it that you're going to thrive, not just survive. You're going to college to thrive mm-hmm. and to grow, and to be educated and get prepared for that next phase of your life. So. When you're, if you don't have the opportunity to actually get onto a college campus, mm-hmm. there are a number of resources that are available, first of all. So online, there are videos that you can watch. You can even um, go onto YouTube and mm-hmm. look for videos of the various campuses. But then the, on the college website itself, there will be some um, videos, typically. And then there are a number of online sources that provide um professionally prepared videos Mm -hmm. where they interview students and faculty and they will have videos of the campus and the classrooms. They'll talk about the average uh, GPA and test scores for applicants there. Um, So that provides another piece of information. Mm -hmm. Um, College representatives come to visit high schools. Mm -hmm. Go to those sessions. Get to know those reps. Ask questions. Let them know who you are and that you're interested in the school. Mm -hmm. Or maybe after going to the session, you decide, no, this isn't for me. Okay, great. You can mark that one off your list. Mm -hmm. Um, You begin to compile a lot of information. If you have friends, um, family friends who have attended a college, talk to them about it. Ask them what it was like. Um, They'll they'll give you an honest answer about the good and the bad. Um, so there are a lot of, it's, it's being proactive. If you can't go visit, be proactive with these other opportunities that are available to you. There are just a myriad of resources out there. Just make sure you're using a credible source. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, that, so that you're really looking at, at uh, valuable information. The, um, the FISC guide, that's spelled F-I-S-K-E mm-hmm. guide, is a very, very good guide to use. And we have an online portal in our office that actually has a write-up on each of the colleges included in that portal. Mm -hmm. But I think you can get that guide separately, um, possibly through Amazon. Mm -hmm. And it's a very well-regarded source um, for college narratives. Awesome. And I I think the other thing is, as when students go onto campus or when you're looking at a college, remember that you're looking for a match, and the college is looking for a match. Mm-hmm. The college is looking to see if you're a good fit for them. You need to be looking as a student, is this college a good fit for me? Mm-hmm. Is it going to provide me with the academic preparation that I'm looking for? That's your number one reason for going to college. Are these students students that could be my friends? Are these my people? Right. You know, am I, is this a good fit for me? Because these can be lifelong friendships. I literally just came back from a trip to Sonoma and the wine country mm-hmm. with college friends from Penn State. Right. And I graduated quite a while ago. 
So these are lifelong friends. Absolutely. And and this is this is what happens when you when you go off to college together. So are these going to be the people that you want to be with? Is it the location? Is that mm -hmm. location good for you? Right. Is it in Southern California? Southern Californians are very um, weather sensitive people. Yes. Shall I say? <laughs> um, so we're not as adventurous when it comes to going attending college in Northern Dakota or North Dakota <laughs> exactly. or Minnesota. Or even New York or Pennsylvania, somewhere right. like that, right. where it's freezing cold it's and cold there's and snow snowing. on the ground. Exactly. <laughs> But students on the East Coast that we mm -hmm. work with, that's fine. Minnesota, Wisconsin, Maine, Wherever you know, they're very is. comfortable with mm -hmm. it. But if you're not physically comfortable, you're going to be hating life. Yes. And so therefore, that it actually does become an issue. Um, do you want to be close to family? Do you want to be, or do you want to be adventurous, adventurous um, and, and go far away? Yeah. There are lots of things to think about. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the fun part of it, is because we have 3,000 colleges it's amazing how many yeah. colleges that we have to sort through. You can find the right one for yourself. You can find the right school for you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, whether it's private or state, either one. That's right. I know. Yeah. I mean, personally, for me, like I knew when I was, I came down to my top two choices were Cal State Fullerton. One, because it was conveniently located right down the street from my house. Mm -hmm. um, I grew up here in Southern California all my life. My family was here. I, you know, it was cost effective. Uh, I didn't, I wouldn't end up in debt or going to USF. In San Francisco, which I went and visited, I loved the campus. I went to Catholic private schools my entire life, um, and I went there, and I was like, "This is it. This is perfect." And then I came down to you know the choices, and eventually I just said, "Well, Cal State Fullerton feels like home. Like Cal San Francisco is not too far, but for me, I know it was personally like I would feel bad like not being close to my family. Like that was a big part of my life at the time." Um, just being with my family, being around them, seeing them all the time. I would see them almost every single day. Uh, my parents, my aunt, uncle, my little cousins, my sister. I saw my grandmother. I see them every single day. Um, so I was like, for me, I would be fine. I was like, but I wouldn't want to miss out on what's mm -hmm. going on here. Mm -hmm. Especially like with my family, like all my cousins were kind of in that age where like they were doing their growing. Right. And I was like, I didn't want to miss out on a lot of stuff yeah. with my family. Yeah. So I knew like I would get homesick even though I was maybe six hour drive away, two hour flight. But for me, I was like, this is going to be the right choice. And I decided that, and then cost-effectively for my future as well. I knew that was the big one. So I looked at my own factors uh, and had to do mm -hmm. a lot of soul-searching mm -hmm. for a couple months. Yeah. When I got the acceptance letters, I was like, okay, I got to know. You know, when I got my – I did early admissions, and I got my acceptance letter early. Mm -hmm. So by May 1st, like you were saying, I had right. to come up with my decision. I was right. sitting there for weeks and weeks, and it wasn't stressful, but I you know, had to weigh you know, the pros and cons of what mm -hmm. I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I also knew San Francisco wasn't sunny all year round. It was going to be rainy and foggy right. and cold, and I was not fit for the cold at all. I'm a Southern California kid. Yeah, I like wearing shorts and sandals and T-shirts and baseball <laughs> caps all the time. So I just – for me, it felt like the right fit, and it was. And like you said, I have the same friends that I talk to – uh, a handful of people that I know and I talk to and I, you know, we go to each other's birthdays and we get together when we can and they all live different places, but, um, knowing the people and knowing where you're going to fit in, that's always the tricky part because a lot of places will seem very appealing and finding that one place that you feel feels right. Mm -hmm. Um, what are some ways that college blueprint or maybe even finding the correct people to go to for this process? How is that going to aid you in all facets of mm -hmm. your college application mm -hmm. process. Mm -hmm. Okay, a couple comments, and, I, and I'm glad you brought this up because I, w I was pre presenting for the Girl Scouts last night, actually, mm -hmm. and we were. I asked the audience, so what do you think the average acceptance rate is um, for colleges nationwide? Mm -hmm. There was this silence, and they're kind of talking back and forth. Someone mm -hmm. yelled out 40%. 
40% of the students are admitted. I said, okay, 40%. Someone said 30%. And then I shared with them what the real percentage is. Mm -hmm. The real percentage is 65%. Okay. So 65% of the applicants are admitted to college. Mm -hmm. Now that's an average, which means some colleges accept 80 to 90% of their applicants. Mm -hmm. And as we know from the media, some of them accept 5 to 10%. Right. Unfortunately, what we hear in the media are those sensational numbers of 5 to 10%. Oh, my goodness. Right. They only take 5 to 10%. I'm never going to get into college. Mm -hmm. That's not true. There are 3,000 colleges out there, many, many, many wonderful colleges. Mm -hmm. And the average acceptance rate is 65%. That's two-thirds. Yeah. Those are pretty good odds. Yeah. Those are pretty good odds. And it's all about how you put together your own personal list of schools. Mm -hmm. So I really want people to hold on to that because I think that will help them relax a little bit about this, knowing that there are many schools out there and the acceptance rate is not nearly as bad as what's always reflected in the media. Right. So that's number one. Number two, I think that if... if Families are looking for some support from professionals, from mm -hmm. educational consultants. Um, educational consultants that are members of the Independent Educational Consultants Association mm -hmm. or the Higher, educational, cons Higher Education Consultants Association. Um, these are organizations that require applications. They vet their members. Mm -hmm. There is a standard of ethics that we must comply with. Mm -hmm. And um, it's all about ethical planning for a student. Um, there's also the um, Certified Educational Planner, of which there are only about 300 of us right now in the country that hold that certification. Mm -hmm. And that's, a, it, that's quite a process to get to that point. And, right. and, but in all of these cases, we have to be visiting colleges. Mm -hmm. So we're the boots on the ground. Right. We spend 20 to 30% of our time actually in professional development, whether that is visiting college campuses, talking with admission officers, attending professional conferences, presenting at professional conferences. Um, I even teach at the Summer Training Institute for IECA and mm -hmm. teach a course at UCSD um, on counseling uh, mm -hmm. for students. So those are the kinds of things you want to look for. If, if, if you do want to work with someone, um, and that's certainly not everyone wants to do that, and it might not be the right thing for you. Um, and there are great guidance counselors out there, too, in the high schools. So, and what we do as far as working with students is helping them find wonderful volunteer activities like Lion's Heart. Mm -hmm. That's why I invited Lion's Heart to come to meet with our counselors. Right. Because we're always looking at, for ways for students to have meaningful volunteer experiences. Mm -hmm. So um, educational consultants do that. They help a student find out what they're really passionate about and then help them find these opportunities for philanthropy and community service, mm -hmm. find opportunities um, to explore those passions, help them plan out their academics for over the course of high school, um, help them get these standardized tests under control. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, then, of course, help them in their essays for applications, really be able to demonstrate in that essay who they are as a person. Mm -hmm. Because these essays are really about a student's heart and their head. It's about what they feel in their heart mm -hmm. and what they're thinking in their head. It's to get the personality of the student, the character, and the values of the student across to the, to the university. 
because they want students on their campus that are of good character, mm -hmm. that are going to contribute to the campus. And they're going to look at a student's high school experience and from there use that as a predictor of what the student is going to do on the college campus. Mm -hmm. So if you're involved in community service in high school or in middle school, that is a very positive attribute that colleges are going to assume that you're going to bring to their campus, mm -hmm. as well as the wealth of experience that you've received and that growth experience of being involved with community service in Lion's Heart. Mm -hmm. So when you take those experiences and that you bring those with you when you go to the campus, and then I've, I've had students talk about how they've used philanthropy projects in high school to mm -hmm. help them structure philanthropy projects in college. Right. And that's the way it goes. And then you become an adult. And then you do the same thing as an adult. You use those skills and that experience from college mm -hmm. to get involved with philanthropy as an adult. Yeah. I know we had, um, when we had our Million Hour event probably last year, uh, one of our original members who was in the original group with Terry's son, um, he sent in a video to like say, hey, congratulations on the Million Hours, Lion's Heart. And he was saying, you know, he went through college and all this stuff. And now where he works corporately now, he's in charge of their corporate um, engagement team. Mm -hmm. So he not only has his own personal job, but he also said, I will volunteer and do this and I'll be the head of our corporate engagement. So he plans all of the corporate outings where they go volunteer different places and connects with nonprofits mm -hmm. in New York City. So he's like, I'm able to do that. And my experience in Lion's Heart led me to do this as well. You know, really gave me that passion for being able to give back even in my adult life. Mm -hmm. It's like, so it's kind of a lifelong yeah. venture. You're not doing it, it you know, just as a 15 year old, 16, 17, 18, to get through high school and say, hey, you know, I did this on my college application. It's something that's going to lead you down the road mm -hmm. to a life of giving back to everyone else as well. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then for that as well, how important would you say it is to be multifaceted with all of your, all these applications that get sent out from all these students that you say 65% are accepted? Mm -hmm. How important is it for someone, let's say, to join an organization like Lion's Heart or do something, whether, I mean, if you're not playing sports, if you're doing robotics, if you like engineering, creating that type of thing, being able to have those skills and that leadership mindset and develop that at a young age mm -hmm. to help kind of jumpstart where you're going. Mm -hmm. It's a very good question um, and, uh, and an important one on a, on a number of different levels. I mean, we've talked about the character development that comes with, mm -hmm. with philanthropy and giving back and that sort of thing. If we look at very specifically for college admissions, colleges expect that students have been doing community service. Right. Okay, so if you haven't done some type of community service, they're going to be wondering why. Mm -hmm. There should be a way for you to be able to do that, whether it's on the weekends, as you said, mm -hmm. or in the summer, right. when maybe your schedule is a little bit more flexible. Mm -hmm. um, so find a way to do it, because it will bring you rewards in, in so many different ways. I think as students get into their higher grade levels, in 11th grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, mm -hmm. If you can find something to really focus on what it is, volunteer work that can focus on what it is you might want to study, that demonstrates to the college that you have looked into this, you have had some experience with it, and yes, you are serious about applying as an engineer, mm -hmm. or you are serious about applying as a, as a uh, humanities major or a history major. Mm -hmm. um, so it becomes really important as far as what your message is in your application. It begins to tell the story when you say on your application you want to major in history and you spent time volunteering at the museum. Mm -hmm. um, and it begins to create this 
a theme that goes with your application. And then you, maybe your history teacher writes a uh, letter of recommendation mm -hmm. about your passion for history. And so all of this comes together to give the admissions officer a sense of who you are mm -hmm. and how serious you are about pursuing that particular major. Yeah, and like I know we said earlier as well, we want this to be fun. So how do you students go about internalizing and being able to look inside themselves and say, maybe I'm not doing all these things that other people are doing, but what am I passionate about? Mm -hmm. What am I able to project about myself that will be appealing to a college admissions mm -hmm. um, reviewer? So how would you be able to inter internalize that? And then also, how much time... To make it fun, like how much time would you recommend that someone <laughs> spends doing this? Mm -hmm. I mean, per week, per month, per mm -hmm. year, maybe if they're they're freshman in high school or sophomore high school. I know they got a little bit of time, but it goes by quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, a couple comments. I, what what we do mm -hmm. is we have some personality inventories and surveys. Mm -hmm. We have career exploration surveys. We that's the way we start our process. Okay. So that students have that time to reflect on who they are and have that conversation with a qualified counselor who can mm -hmm. help tease out that information and help them research some of these careers. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are some um, online tools that are available where you can really drill down to a lot of the mm -hmm. specifics about what a typical day is like in the life of an engineer or the life of a pediatric surgeon or mm -hmm. in the life of a landscape architect. Um, what, is their, what is the lifestyle that a, that a student envisions when they are 10 years out of college. Right. And does that match with the career that they're thinking about pursuing? Mm -hmm. I mean, these are all really important conversations and um, it's a thought process that they don't have that opportunity to have very often. Right. Uh, because everything is so fast paced now and unfortunately they don't have much time built into the high school curriculum mm -hmm. to, to do this over time. So. We actually do this periodically throughout our planning process. When we're starting with a freshman or a sophomore, junior, wherever we start, we start with this sort of thing um, so that we can really help them f get some direction. Mm -hmm. And that's really what it's about, to spend some quality time talking about it. Then it's, okay, how can I get some hands-on experience? Mm -hmm. How can I get some real experience in some of these areas? And that's the fun part, mm -hmm. because that's where the brainstorming comes in. And that's when we look at organizations like, well, have you thought about joining Lionsheart? Right. No, look at all these great opportunities they have there. And this is right down your alley. Mm -hmm. you know, look what they're doing with the aging and the elderly, if right. that's your passion. So then we begin to steer them towards you know, um, activities that they can do in order to you know, pursue, pursue those things. Yeah. And we get creative. Um, with it. And if, if something doesn't exist, well, then you know what? Let's see what we can do to make something happen. Yeah, absolutely. So let's create a club. Let's yeah. start an organization. Let's focus on what it is that, that you want to do. And we've, ha we've even had students start businesses mm -hmm. you know, because that was their passion and they, that's really what they wanted to do. Yeah. Good for them, you know? Yeah, that's, absolutely. That, that's what you want. I mean, at that young age, I mean, it's I mean, I know it's, like, important for them to get that at a young age, but some people, it takes a longer to click. Like, oh, this is, this is good. Like, this is that's something good. that's good for everybody. Yeah. So for them to get it at a younger age and for them to understand, which is, I mean, Lions are what we want everyone from fifth grade through 12th grade to understand mm -hmm. you're not just doing this for college acceptance or for no. awards. It's you're getting it out there. You're helping, the, you're helping your community in different areas. You're finding what you're passionate about. You're able to help out. Maybe you like 
working with dogs go help out at an animal shelter. Right. That's super fun. Exactly. I mean, but who knows? Maybe two years from now when you're a sophomore in high school, you say, oh, you know, I'm kind of exploring engineering. So you mm-hmm. go find a robotics program or you start your own, like you said. Mm-hmm. So having that idea, that mentality of like, huh, I should do this rather than like, oh, it'll happen eventually. Right. Being very active about it. Right. You have persistent. to be proactive. Yes. Proactive to make it happen. Exactly. For yourself. Yes. Yeah. And it has to be true to you. Mm-hmm. Because if, if it's something that truly excites you, mm-hmm. you're going to do a really good job with it. Right. If you're doing something just because you think it's going to look good on a college application, yeah. it's going to become apparent. And it's a, a waste of time. Yeah. It's just a waste of your time, and time is precious. Exactly. I've seen it a million times before, so what makes it doesn't make you any different right. at all. It doesn't make you right. stand out at all. Right. Right. Now, I know we talked before the podcast about this as well, but gearing this question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so with all, I guess we've kind of gotten to that point. Uh, what opportunities or what, I guess, worthwhile experiences or stories have you gotten from some of your students that they're able to go out and create their own thing? Like I know mm-hmm. you said I could start businesses. Mm-hmm. So usually it's about volunteering um, mm-hmm. for nonprofits that I usually mm-hmm. interview. I say, hey, uh, you know, what type of stories you guys have from volunteers that come by mm-hmm. and they, you know, work, work with you guys for a day or a week and they end up staying for a month. What type of stories maybe do you have that are meaningful to stick with you with your students that are able to start their own thing, whether it's philanthropic or their own business, mm-hmm. and be mm-hmm. able to stand out in that way and, you know, jumpstart themselves as, you know, a young teen or young adult? Right, right. No, good question. Um, one that stands out to me is is a girl that did her own jewelry designing. Mm-hmm. And she really did beautiful, beautiful work. And so over the course of a couple of years that we were working with her, she started her own jewelry mm-hmm. um, website oh, and wow. started selling her own creations online. And fortunately, it, it, with the internet and technology, it makes mm-hmm. it so easy right. to do some of these things. And she was thrilled with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had another student who actually was working with his father um, his father was an entrepreneur and they were creating, um, I can't get into it in too much detail because it's, I'm not quite sure where they are in the development phase. So mm-hmm. I probably can't read, Oh yeah. reveal too much, <laughs> but it, it was a pretty unique product, uh, mm-hmm. for, in the beverage industry. Okay. And so he actually ended up working for his father. Mm-hmm. They traveled to China. They oh, traveled wow. all around the world because there were there were companies that were interested in purchasing this product, mm-hmm. and that was just an amazing experience for him to have. He yeah. loved it. Oh, I mean, sure. it was obvious that he loved it, and mm-hmm. he continued to pursue that. He wanted to go with his father. He wanted to be involved with the business, mm-hmm. so he was intimately involved with his business in high school. Right. And the whole plan for him, and it was his plan, was to get his degree mm-hmm. in business and then to run the company. Mm-hmm. So this is a young man that really found that passion yeah. early on. And it's not easy when you're in high school to spend t- time on trips going to China and around the world talking to corporations while you still have your academics and everything else back here at home that you have to manage. Exactly. So it's just a really interesting process. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. Definitely interesting stories compared to the normal volunteering stories we mm. get. Just different. Yeah, just different. absolutely. Yeah, and that's what you want to look for, something that's different, something right. that makes you stand out, whether it's something simple as making you own jewelry. Yeah. And then creating maybe an Instagram page and then mm-hmm. developing a web page, which is super easy nowadays. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so easy to do. Mm-hmm. That's right. right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think we can wrap it up, Jen. This okay. has been lovely. But lastly, I'm going to ask you the same question I ask all of our guests to come onto the podcast. Do you have any pieces of advice that you would like to share for anyone looking to start volunteering in their community? 
Yes. Um, and I think it gets back to finding those things that you're really excited mm-hmm. about. Um, I obviously am a firm believer of Lion's Heart. Uh, I wouldn't be on the board if I weren't. Um, but it's really finding something. Doesn't matter what it is. It could be growing plants and, and donating those plants. Mm-hmm. It could be working at Second Harvest. It could be, I mean, there's so many different things out there. Find what it is that you are passionate about and pursue it and pursue it with a vengeance. You may find after you've done it for a while that, yeah, this isn't for me. That's okay too. That's a valuable experience. Mm -hmm. And then if if that does happen, then begin to identify what it is that does excite you because you're going to change over time Mm -hmm. and grow and mature. So what might excite you as an eighth grader could change by the time you're in 10th grade. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. That's normal. Right. So that flexibility in how you spend that extra time that you have um, to help other people or to help animals or um, to help the environment, Mm -hmm. um, it's time well spent. And you will never regret it. I think that's perfect. I'm going to end it right there. Thank you so much for coming on today, Jen. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Okay. Well, thank you again, Jen, for coming on to the podcast. I appreciate having you on to talk about your experience with the College Blueprint and being able to pick your brain on a couple of topics as well for college applications. I hope you guys out there really enjoyed this episode. And if you want to learn more about the College Blueprint and their comprehensive guidance for college admissions, educational planning, and test prep for all you middle, high school, and college students or parents out there listening, visit their website, collegeblueprint.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe and listen to the Toby Talk podcast on your favorite platform. You can visit our Anchor FM page for all of the available platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcast. Just follow the link in our Instagram bio or look us up at Toby Talk, T-O-B-Y-T-A-L-K. Well, guys, it's going to wrap it up for me this week in episode 38 on Toby Talk. Thank you again for listening, and I appreciate you following along each week. Uh, So until next time, guys, don't forget to always think of others before yourself. Thanks. Bye. So your jeans are ripped. Their souls needing to be mended. It's not hard. To help the less fortunate Even though you're still a kid And straighten your spine With your lion's heart You can change people's minds